Chapter 43 of the History of Burke and Hare and the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones. Chapter 43 Conclusion Review of the Effects Produced by the Resurrectionist Movement, The Houses in Portsburg the popular idea of the method of burke and hare origin of the words burker and burking such were the resurrectionist times in scotland and such the crimes committed by burke and hare and their english imitators nowadays it may seem strange that events like these were possible in a country professing a civilizing christianity but no one with the knowledge of the depths of which humanity can descend will deny that even in our much boasted time with all our social advancement men could be found who would dare to put their consciences under the burden of such terrible iniquities were the other circumstances and necessities still the same there was little wonder that the public sense of security was alarmed that the heart of the nation was touched at the shocking disclosures made at each successive trial and at the daily actions of men who seemed to be safe from the law we have seen how the people of scotland felt under the constant robbing of their churchyards how they were awestruck at the mysterious disappearance from among them of some unfortunate whose whereabouts was never found out and how they rose in righteous anger when the mystery was cleared up in the high court of justiciary the wonder indeed is that considering the reverential regard for the dead which has always characterized them that they bore the terrible pillage of their golgotha so long and that when the end came they did not work more mischief than they did but the times hard as they were at best and suffering under such a shocking blemish were productive of real and lasting good to the nation socially scientifically and even spiritually for a long time after the execution of burke and the flight of his accomplices the houses in westerportsburg were objects of horror and detestation and having acquired a ghastly interest from the horrible crimes of which they were the scene were among the best visited places in edinburgh until at last they were knocked down as eyesores to the community and as permitting a series of crimes which were too deeply impressed on human memory to be easily forgotten but the tradition clung long to the district and even to this day the locality is pointed out to the stranger as being notable the interest taken in these buildings and their internal arrangement was so great that paintings of them on canvas were taken through the country and shown at village fairs and markets but an annoying and reprehensible practice arose out of the actions of burke and hare which while certainly not so serious was not without its dangerous element this was a habit which many young men dropped into of attempting to put pieces of sticking plaster over the mouths of unsuspicious passengers on the street most commonly this prank was played upon girls many of whom were almost out of their wits and who would not venture out of the doors at nights this practice obtained not only in edinburgh but also in glasgow and the other large towns in scotland 
and though examples were made by the miscreants being apprehended and punished by the police magistrates it became after a time such an intolerable nuisance that the strictest measures had to be taken for its repression one case of this kind in glasgow created an extraordinary commotion a servant girl was attacked in the street and a sticking plaster of so strong an adhesive nature was placed over her mouth that it could not be removed without taking a great portion of the skin of her face with it there was little wonder that the glasgow chronicle in a comment on the occurrence said that the wretches who can behave thus at any time and more especially in the present state of public feeling are a disgrace to society but it is curious to note how this silly imitation of the method of birkin hare came to be regarded as the actual mode in which these men had performed their manifold murders the fact that so many terrible crimes had been committed by them kept a firm hold on the mind of the people but gradually the method which had been made so public through the medium of the newspapers was forgotten and the impression as gradually gained ground that slipping up to their intended victims on the street burke and his accomplice gave them their quietus by skilfully placing a piece of sticking plaster over their mouths of course the preceding narrative and the confessions of the condemned criminal show that it was far otherwise but the impression amounting laterally to an absolute belief became so fixed that even yet it still holds sway though certainly in a less degree now than a generation ago allusion has already been made to the remarkably strong hold the whole clot took upon the minds of the scottish people and to the fact that it has exercised an influence on the inner life of the scottish mind down to the present this is generally acknowledged but perhaps a better idea of the original character of the impression made by the discoveries of eighteen twenty nine may be gained when the great events and movements going on all around at and after the time are taken into consideration in the year eighteen twenty nine the country was agitated not only by stirring news from the continent where armies were marching to and fro and there was a tendency to a general european conflagration but also by the catholic emancipation movement and the parliamentary reform everyone knows the interest the people of scotland took in these matters and especially in the reform bill and how many suffered on the scaffold for overboldness in the struggle these were events that might have absorbed all the attention the people could spare from their daily toil for the sustenance of life but yet the burke and hare tragedies were always to be heard repeated by some fireside and the tales of the resurrectionists were rehearsed to willing listeners such great events affected the rights of people as citizens of the empire as freemen in the state but the violation of churchyards the murder of poor human beings for the sale of their bodies touched the heart it related to the home life of the man independent of his citizenship it was the same with the other general political movements of the early half of the century the stories went from mouth to mouth from father to son from nurse to child and the horrid memory of the foulest series of murders on the criminal calendar of scotland was kept fresh 
young minds grew up in fear of a terrible unknown something of which the preceding generation had had a full realization a something which happily was impossible but which exercised a baneful and dwarfing influence all the same the old bogles of superstitious times were thrown aside the stern realities of human criminality were used in their stead many still remember their youthful impressions and shudder it is well that these influences are losing their power but it would be unfortunate if the lessons taught by these awful times were forgotten by the country happily however the resurrectionist times were not without their good elements as well as their bad had such events not taken place two things would have been evident first that up to that time anatomical study and research had made little progress and second that the study would have continued in a state of stagnation under restrictions discreditable to the country and its rulers but quite another state of matters existed and do exist the scientific ardor which from an early period of its history had characterized the medical faculty in scotland and particularly in edinburgh may be said to have created the necessity for resurrectionists or body-snatchers and the fact that the research so needful to the happiness and comfort of humanity was being conducted under such unfortunate auspices and debasing restrictions gradually awoke the community to a sense of what they owed to themselves and to those whose ultimate object was the general good the churchyards were being robbed of their silent tenants the poor were being surreptitiously bribed to part with the bodies of their dead relatives and even the streets were being laid under contribution for their living wanderers the exigencies of science had created a necessary evil the natural and even justifiable prejudices of the nation outraged and grieved were against the seeking of a remedy but the evil became so great its worst and latest development was so shocking that some steps had to be taken even at the expense of human sentiment to put matters on a right and proper footing men could not live without doctors who were thoroughly trained and experienced in all the intricacies and mysteries of the human frame these doctors could not gain their experience without subjects and subjects they must have by some means or other not certainly that the profession approved of murder to obtain their ends but the result showed that the men upon whom the profession mainly depended had resorted to that terrible act to supply their patrons the only feasible course open therefore was that made lawful by the anatomy act of eighteen thirty two which put upon a legal basis the purchase of bodies from relatives under certain wise and not too irksome conditions it has been said notwithstanding the unhappy state of matters then existing and the terrible scourge under which the country had so long suffered there was a strong feeling against the passage of that measure but on the other hand an interesting testimony was given in its favor when many of the highest in the land amongst them the duke of sussex the youngest son of king george the third and uncle of queen victoria gave directions that if necessary their bodies should after death be anatomized 
the science of anatomy therefore for the first time in its existence made rapid progress the art of healing and alleviating diseases became more perfect and though there is much still to be desired research is unfettered and the possibility of discoveries valuable to humanity are increased it is curious however that in the last few years of these baneful restrictions extraordinary results accrued from the researches of anatomists and strange though it may seem the science was really put upon a scientific basis it had never occupied before but there was still another effect of the resurrectionist movement and that was that it had a widening tendency on the religious beliefs of the people the old idea is well expressed in the ballad written in seventeen eleven and quoted in an early chapter in this volume when the unknown author says methinks i hear the latter trumpet sound when empty graves into this place is found of young and old which is most strange to me what kind of resurrection this should be the people preferred to think of a resurrection which would in one respect and to a certain extent be comprehensible to them they thought they could understand the dead rising from the grave if their bodies were placed intact in the sepulchre but they deemed that a body dissected and cut to pieces probably portions buried in different places was unlikely to be under the influence of the last call in this they distrusted god in the belief of a doctrine which above all required a distinct act of faith in his almighty power their ideas however were widened and they came to see that if it were possible for the great father of the human race to wake the dead on the judgment day when their dust lay peacefully beside the village church it was also possible for him to call them to him though their particles lay far apart there is one other point which must not be omitted in a work of this kind the transactions in the west port of edinburgh in eighteen twenty eight gave new words with a peculiar significance to the english language a burker was unknown before the crimes of william burke were made public burking was an undiscovered art until he discovered it this in itself is another testimony to the effect the crimes chronicled in this book had upon the minds of the men and women of the period many other words similarly derived have had a brief popularity and dropped into oblivion to be only hunted up by the philological antiquary but these have retained their significance and by their aptitude to many actions in all phases of life have attained to a classical position in the language to which their usefulness rather than their origin entitle them End of chapter forty three